this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, we talk about Bishop Bullwinkle, our Black Mirror Season 3 review, and our special guest, Josh Brom with the Equal Rights Institute. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckle Studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue One, 2016's Honorable Mention Motorcycle Salesman of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Genders of all ages, you're listening to the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. We appreciate you listening as you do every week. Uh, we appreciate you sharing those episodes. You can go to our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. You all right over there? I'm good, buddy. All right. Your music uh, didn't start. That's uh, all right. Fault. Go to Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy. Um, that's where we like to post some memes every once in a while in our episodes and interact with our guests or interact with our Friends and friends, followers, followers and followers, yeah. yeah, whatever you want to call this. Anyway, we appreciate you. Uh, if you go to there, go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that you find a uh, you listen to a podcast, you can find us there. That's right. Uh, just give us a like, a subscribe, a heart, um, a star, whatever symbol they use that you actually means you can get our uh, <laughs> episodes every week. Uh, Download into your. Uh, podcast queue. Yeah. Uh, just go there. Um, that way you can get us every week. We usually dump on Mondays. Careful. And also upload our episodes on Mondays. Usually it's too. twice a day for me. I'm just a regular at that. Yeah, I can set my clock by mine. But mm-hmm. anyway, you can go find that, find those. Uh, make sure you share those. Give us a review. That is the most important thing. I don't care what you're doing. If, go to your iTunes especially. iTunes. Yep, please, is, please, iTunes, please. iTunes is nuts. Do just it, go, just go write a review. All you got to say is, I like <laughs> Pretty simple. Even just like five even five hi. letters. Yeah. If six, if you want to include include the the space character. Right. Okay. There you go. I like five stars. There you go. Or one star, and I like whatever that works for me too. Anyway, just do that, and, and uh, yeah, that's how we that's how we move up in the old podcast algorithm, and uh, that way more people find us. So anyway, I, I appreciate all the new listeners. I mean, all, seeing the uh, metrics with the new listeners is kind of exciting. Oh yeah, no doubt. We've got some new listeners from Tony, Alabama, ne- um, Nesbit, Mississippi, and how do you say the Coons, Tennessee counts. Um, I gotta be careful. Look, I'm from Moon. I'm from Moonshine Country in Tennessee. Yeah. So how do you say that? No clue. No clue. No Counts, Coons, whatever. There's a, there's a town in North Carolina called uh, Fuquay or Fuquay. Okay. Verena. Fuquay Verena. No. Fuquay Verena. Yeah. Fuquay. So I mean, that's the thing. Fuquay. Fuquay. F U Q A Y. Space V A R I N A. There you go. And that is um, our resident McFly talking on old mic number four. <clears throat> I know that because we used to play them in football in high school. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that that, that name, I, I mean, so the, anyway, there's names here in North Carolina, Tennessee, South Carolina, Alabama, that you just. You have no you idea. You throw a dart, you hope you, I mean, you hope you 
Hopefully you hit the dartboard. Well, yeah. Just kind of mumble through it. Just kind of chew on your tongue. That's how my dad is with Albemarle. Albemarle. I'm just like, just start with Albemarle and just go. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, hey, we want to say thank you again, again to all of our news listeners. And if you want to be part of the SFP family, we ask that you go to our website, southernfriedphilosophy.com, and you click on that Patreon link uh, so you can uh, be part of the Southern Fried Philosophy family. Uh, you can donate 5 15 or $20. That would be helpful. We're going to need that money to get some new microphones. Uh, we're going to move to a new studio, all that fun stuff. Um, 2021 uh, Scotch whiskey tour. <laughs> Wouldn't necessarily go for that, but, okay. but we can uh, try. But we would really love some support. Again, it is free to you, but it is not free to us. And so that we can give you all 104 episodes free. Uh, we don't charge for that, at least as of right now. But, um, you know, we need some some financial help to pay the bills. So we would appreciate that. Yeah, the home office uh, just messaged us today and said this episode is free also. Yeah, yeah. yeah just this episode. Just this episode. And the other and 104. The, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe, and the, maybe the next one. There you go. I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. Mojo, I be darn. Uh we're, this is an odd climate mm. season. You're going to be the guy that complains about. No, the no, I don't complain. I don't because I because I tell you, I mean it's, it's the seasons, right? You expect it, but man, this this summer's been kind of wacky. We it had has. ninety plus degree heat here in the south last mm-hmm. week, which ninety degrees here in the south is a little different because we have the humidity added on top of. Sure, that feels so, like nine thousand. Yeah, I mean, but you have the heat, but you wear mm-hmm. the heat. Yeah, it's one of those things. You take a shower. You throw on your high karate Stetson cologne and your mm-hmm. speed stick, and you go outside, and yeah. then you got to take another shower. That's how it was in Kentucky. It was so humid. Like once I started sweating, it was like thirty minutes before I could stop. It was just yeah. It was so it's crazy. We've had like we went from ninety degrees to I think a couple of days it was like 70, 70, 75. Yeah, it's Saturday in my place was like eighty two. Yeah. No humidity. I sat I sat outside all day. Yeah. yeah. I just I enjoyed the mosquitoes. Yeah. We just hung out. I mean it was awesome. There you go. So I mean, but it it's been weird because I think last June, the previous couple of Junes, it has been just like you know, yeah, you know, uh, foot from foot from the sun or or hell, one of the two. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's coming. It's yeah, coming. yeah, know. it's coming. It's on its way. Ah, it's gonna be one of those years, ain't it? Yeah, it Where will be. Solar flares directly into our eyeballs. <laughs> How you doing? There you go. Good. Uh, we we are at a precarious place at uh, the Bacon household. We are getting ready to go on a nine day vacation, mm. and our my wife and mine. Uh, our backs are against the wall on mm. deadlines for work. Have you ever tried to like lead a conference call and pack at the same time? It's I can't I can't say I have because I basically have been unemployed yeah. since I was twenty two. So it, it is a pain in the arse. Um, I can imagine man, it, just trying to get all this stuff done and. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday night. I've still got to go home and basically put in a full day's work mm. and pack and get ready to go. We are supposed to be leaving tomorrow, which I will inevitably be working tomorrow. And then four days of that nine day vacation. <laughs> now, where are you guys going again? Uh, we are going to Kentucky mm-hmm. uh, for a wedding. And then we are spending three days in Chicago. Mm. 
this is deep a, dish pizza. This is the penance that I paid for not taking my wife to Hamilton while it was here in Charlotte. Mm. Now I have to drive all the way to Char- to Chicago mm. to go see Hamilton there. To Chirac. Yeah, um, to enjoy those that fine well, play. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Congratulations. Husband of the year. Well, you know, she's well, actually Well, I okay. Uh, any men out there listening and mm-hmm. women, um, if if you have husbands just or boyfriends, just go ahead and turn this down because I don't yeah, want I don't want to relay the private information. Right. So anyway, um, I'll give a five second delay. All right, so uh, men out there, um, mm-hmm. my 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 uh, husband advice of twenty two years now, um, what you do is the first couple of bags you just absolutely destroy as far as packing. Yeah, leave stuff out. Sure. Mess it all up like toothpaste on clothes, and then your wife will get or girlfriend will get forget, so frustrated. Forget the the underwear. Yeah, like for, you know forget her know. stuff. Oh. Like purposely take her yeah. stuff out. Yeah, pack your stuff. Honey, in. I packed your clothes for you. you don't know, worry about exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, that's Wha- good strategic. Hey, right where's there. where's my bra? Well, I don't know. I, I put the two eye burner in there instead. You wear I mean, one. You, yeah, yeah. I didn't you, know that was supposed you, to go you, in there. And all of a sudden, you never have to pack again. Oh, I have not packed since I was probably twenty four. Wow, eighteen years. I've not packed a bag. She's got the 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 vacuum seal mm. packs. She writes the the days on what I'm supposed to oh, wear. Wow. It's like gray animals for me. I just open up the sealed package and I just yep, and I just go. Wow. What about it? That's and that's that's. I thought I had a good. My wife's a teacher, mm-hmm. and we always go on vacation during the summer because that's one more person has to take vacation time. Oh yeah. So it's like I come home from work. Mm-hmm. And most of the packing's done because she's been nice. planning it for a week, and she's mm-hmm. been doing mm-hmm. laundry so she can pack it. <laughs> you know, oh that's, no, no, that's yeah. Genius, my wife, my wife stresses out. I kind of just chillax. Yeah. I make myself busy doing stupid work, like mm-hmm. you know, drinking yeah. a beer in front of de-sca- the descaling the shower head or something. Oh yeah, or like what I did was I took the car to get the inspection done, yeah. and the oil yeah. changed. I nailed it. Have to go to Cincinnati tomorrow. Oh, do you really? Yeah. So, you know, I, I make myself busy, busy just yeah. because she, she'll be, because she'll ask me to assist. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I need 12 pairs of underwear. underwear. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, well, uh, I guess if I'm gone, I can't help her. So, I mean, she does a phenomenal job. Yeah. I, 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 nice. My wife does an awesome job packing okay. for us. All right. So we'll t- turn the, the volume back up. Yeah, if you were, just you nudge, know. just nudge your lady and tell yeah. her she can turn the volume back up. It's okay to go now. Um, um, one of the questions that we had uh, from our Ask Us Anything is, what is this redneck egg roll um, that Lisa asked us about on our Facebook page? For some of our new listeners, we say that you are the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Can you explain what the redneck egg roll is? Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, back in the day, um, a few years back, I used to have a restaurant, and um, I kind of just as an appetizer, uh, sometimes your most innovative food is done from leftovers <laughs> so um we used to have uh southern kind of a southern steakhouse and, okay. we, and collards was a featured item so we'd always have some collards leftover mm-hmm. so one day just as a special i decided to make an egg roll because I'm, I'm it was kind of an asian fusion restaurant with a little southern, uh, southern cuisine but mm-hmm. a little bit of asian fusion so one day i was like you know what i'm gonna go to fresh market grab some egg roll wrappers mm-hmm. and uh do something with them so because i love egg rolls yeah like Who egg, doesn't like egg, egg roll? roll is like 10 o'clock at night mm-hmm. i mean i, I it's like Krispy Kreme donut donuts Ooh. for me like i can i can literally eat a dozen egg rolls and not think twice 
Wow. I mean, so anyway, so I go get some egg roll wrappers. I take some leftover collards. Uh, we also had black eyed peas and uh, a little bit of pancetta ham. I fry the pancetta ham up, put it all inside of an egg roll, roll, roll it up, deep fry it just like an egg roll. Mm. Um, and then uh, we can, I, I didn't have any sauce or duck sauce or anything like that, so mm. I just took some uh, honey and a little bit of Tabasco, mixed it together, and oh, come on, wham, man. bam. Ooh. Some good eating. Yeah. And I see now, since I don't I do not do the restaurant stuff anymore just because I'm too lazy, mm-hmm. um, anytime after Thanksgiving or, or any holiday where, you know, here in the South where we have collards, mm-hmm. um, all my friends now expect redneck egg rolls. So yeah. um, I'll take all the, usually people will bring me their leftover collards and we'll just make a big, a, big ass batch of, <laughs> of redneck egg rolls for everybody. So it's, uh, yeah, just something yeah. different. So something to look forward to this holiday season. Yeah just, br- yeah, just bring over your collards. Collards and black eyed peas. Oh, uh, yeah. So you do pancetta or country ham, you know, just one or two and just fry it up. And it's good stuff. I haven't had dinner yet. You're really messing with me. Right yeah. Now. The so, problem is by the time we finish this, we're not going to be able to eat free pizza at Red Hill. That's right. <laughs> uh, they, may, they, they may have been out when I came. Yeah, yeah, I don't doubt. Uh, here's the deal, though. We have been friends for four years now. I have yet to have one of these redneck egg rolls. Just FYI. I'm just saying. So oh, All right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> All right, let's go into some wacky news brought to you by Webmerized. If you need a clean, crisp website, go check out our friends at Webmerized.com. That's Webmerized.com. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot that jumped out at us uh, for our wacky news, but one thing that you did bring up, uh, Mojo, is that uh, Bishop Bullwinkle mm. has passed away. Man, what if... What an icon in the meme community. Sure. I mean, he. I, I don't know if he's probably best known for his music right. or, but, or known for his memes. So we'll share a little bit here. Uh, of the of his. Yeah. So this is uh, Reg, uh, the Bishop Bullwinkle, hell to the now, now, now with the bicycle. Da that, bicycle. that is the name of the YouTube video. And so here we go. Come on, Bishop. I love the dog that yeah. it's on here. He just gets lost in the back. Come on. Listen, let it go, let it go. My name Bishop Bullwinkle. I got the first church, nothing but the truth. What you say? Deacon Kyle, Deacon George, Deacon Clay. But open up the door and turn them loose. Come on. First, I want to thank God for the blood running warm in my veins. Why is there a monkey? Yeah, I thank God for my life, health, and strength. I got First time I ever seen this guy was uh, when... After Harambe, Harambe was shot. Yeah. So that's probably the first time we've seen any of the uh, memes with him. <laughs> come on, come on. Come on, come on. Woo. Hell no. 
It's going to be stuck in your head. What's that? This is going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the week. It always is. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. It's going to be in my head. Come on. Just put those on your repeat. Oh, no. I've never seen anyone take a white suit and a cocoa brown shirt and dress with it. With a cowboy hat matching. He's, he's dressed to the nines. No doubt. If I could get that outfit, I would. Anyway, rest in peace, Bishop. Yeah. Uh, you will be missed for the song and uh, countless memes that have been provided by uh, the hell, hell to the null null. Yeah. I, just, I can't. I can't. You just can't turn it off. Can't. I can't. I don't want it. Let me do it for you. Oh. All right, we'll finish this up. To the Sing it. Got kids dropping out of school. It's about a 33-minute song, by the way. It's just like four, four minutes. That ain't four a song. A that ain't a song. That's a sermon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at the official time. It is four minutes and 51 All seconds right. for the whole it's thing. It's almost five minutes. Five <laughs> minutes, yeah. So, Do you know it takes a customer three seconds to decide whether to stay or leave your website? That's why a crisp, clean, and user-friendly website is one of the best ways to market and help and grow your business. At Webmarize Web Design, we offer that and much more. They pride themselves in offering their clients professional websites at affordable prices. Are you a small business? No problem. We can cater to small businesses by working with their clients every step of the way to meet their needs and expectations. Their number one goal is to partner with their clients to help and grow their business with a successful website. They work for every client, no matter the size. So if you'd like a great website, go to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D.com, or you could check out their link on the sponsors link of our website. If you mention the word biggin, you'll get 10% off your website design order. Again, webmerize.com. Check them out. Yeah, so that's our wacky news. Rest in peace, Bishop. Uh, we had a I'm sure we had some good laughs, and that will be stuck in our head for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, I can't remember evening. what episode it was for Harambe. But yeah, we, had, we talked we, about yeah, it. Yeah, we had him on. Uh, we had Bishop Bullwinkle's music on our feature on a couple of our shows. So. Yep. All right, so we are going to go into some um, uh, hot topics brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you want a fantastic cigar at a cheap price, go check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. That is Watchman Cigars. Uh, we'll go ahead and hit our disclaimer for legal reasons. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show, but they should be. All right. So one, uh, the first topic I wanted to talk about was um, Black Mirror. It, it came out. It is a TV show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out with season three, which was only three episodes right. long. Normally, I think there were six. Six. Um, and they also in their defense, re- they had a movie. They they put a movie out, and then the three episodes that came out. Normally, it's like a sci-fi uh, TV show. It for the most part, it feels like it could be. 10, 10 years away and whatever's happening on there could actually be a reality on this one. It felt like it could happen this season. It felt like it could happen like tomorrow. Right. Um, so what did you think about the, the three episode series or season four black mirror? Um, the writer producer, um, director, I guess I, I'm not, I know he's a writer. I can I don't know if he's the producer or director, but, uh, Charlie Booker is mm-hmm. the guy who does this. Um, he's an, uh, it's an English series. I it think. is right. We should say that's Origi- not originally Dr. Uh, yeah, originally, I think it was, I think it was on the BBC originally. I um, think so. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, but I could be wrong. There's 
really only two companies who own channels and both are owned by the government up there. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think most of the, most of the seasons have been a little bit in the future and they're, it's very bleak and dystopian mm-hmm. um, futures where that's where the English and the, you know, the English have prevailed as far as dispo, dystopian um, type scenarios. I mean, that's where 1984, the novel George Orwell, um, a lot of their series have done that. So I, I really enjoy that dystopian. I, I like dystopian. Um, but yeah, but uh, the new season has is definitely kind of in the modern now. And I think with the exception of maybe one of the episodes. But man, um, I, I, I like the shows just because it makes you look at our current. Uh, mm-hmm. It gives a story, narr- the story narrative, and it makes you look at what we're doing right now or how we're going to go down the road. And um, I, I kind of enjoy that just because it's almost making a make it's almost looking back at us. Uh, it's almost like a mirror looking back at us and we're laughing at mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. What we're doing because we're driving down this road. <laughs> and the name of Black Mirror comes from if you have your your uh, cell phone and turn it off. Mm. It's like a black mirror looking nice. back at I you. So, yeah, there you go. So it has a lot of. References, most of them dealing with technology and things like that. So, yeah, it, especially social media, technology. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that about sums up. I mean, the uh, Black Mirror had a spinoff movie called uh, Bandersnatch, which was a kind of a choose your own adventure movie. Right. Uh, on which, Netflix. I don't know why they haven't done more of these. Like, it was ingenious. It's fantastic. I, 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 I love to. Yeah. And it's based off of a book that is a choose your own adventure yeah, there, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. I think you'll probably start to see a lot more of that. Happen. I hope so because I yeah. liked it. It was yeah. seamless. I wonder um, what the production cost on something like that is. How much greater it is to do you choose your own adventure as mm-hmm. because you've got to mm-hmm. film these multiple scenarios. Yeah. Um, so you know how much different is it, or how, how much harder is yeah. it to produce that and make it work. I mean, I remember. I don't know if you guys remember those books when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those things. Yeah, I mean, they, they were, I had a shelf full of them. It's like, yeah. oh, I died. I'm gonna go back and make a different choice. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know, I can. I haven't seen the Banner Snatch. Is that possible? Like, oh, you don't like that outcome? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's what it does. I mean, especially if you like, uh, if you choose the wrong choice, actually, you you can end up perishing. You know, early on, mm-hmm. you know, be like a fifteen minute movie, so it gives you an opportunity to go back and relive that choice or or straight different. I mean, mm-hmm. okay. um, it's very innovative. Just, I mean, besides that, as far as the cutting of scenes and things like that, just imagine Netflix having to develop an algorithm where you have. I mean, I don't know how many accounts Netflix has worldwide now. Let's just say they have three hundred million accounts worldwide. Mm-hmm. Imagine, you know, five percent of them logging in going through that movie and, and hitting different yeah. choices at the same time. That's a lot of bandwidth. Yeah, oh, no man. doubt. Um, so season three, we'll, we'll kind of maybe go through the episodes like yeah. real quick. The first one is dealing with um, a, a video game that comes out is these kids that uh, started playing the video game and then they grow up and now there's an, an updated version of it. And it's like, uh, it's very similar to uh, Mortal Kombat. It's like a Mortal Kombat type video game these two kids are playing it well now in the future they can put a little dot on their head and they can actually become those characters and they could fight um each other it's virtual reality and you become like that that character but you also feel feel the you emotions feel the pain, and feel the, the pain. emotions and, and all that stuff and where it where it took a sideways turn that i didn't see coming mm-hmm. was at, at once they were fighting and then one character which was a female 
kissed the male character mm -hmm. and then they had relations. They yeah. had the hello time. Um, and then the question though sparks out is if it was a guy that was playing a guy, mm -hmm. is that a homosexual relationship? But also the response to question was an affair. Was it an affair? Because one of the guys is married. So it's a very, very good question. It's a, you know, social morale of what would happen if this really did? And what what is it considered? But also in the, in the show, and I'll spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, these are. You can go back and watch it. But anyway, during the show or the, this this episode, um, the, these, these guys were childhood friends. Mm -hmm. um, and they had this encounter in the virtual reality world mm -hmm. of, of, like I said, sexual relation, relations. And then they posed this question because uh, one of the guys could not drop it and they became addicted. Yeah. To it. Just like, you know, how you become addicted to social media, you become addicted to video games, mm -hmm. um, apps, whatever. Uh, so one of the guys was like, well, let's meet and let's, let's just meet up in real life. Let's kiss and see if sparks fly. Well, yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah. But they enjoyed the intimacy in the virtual world. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, we talk about the show, how we're, we're philosophical, it, you know, number one, is that cheating in the virtual world? I, I, I will say two things about that. Mm -hmm. There, to me, there are two types of cheating. There's the physical act. Mm -hmm. Then there's the emotional act. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, the emotional act is much more difficult to process and deal with in the actual physical act. Especially and, destru for, and destructive, too. Especially for men, because men can compartmentalize a lot of stuff. Mm. You know, we can just kind of say, okay, I'll just file that over here and forget about it. It never happened. But emotions are much harder to compartmentalize and do that. So I would, you know, it seems to me like if it's only in the virtual world where they don't have the real world repercussions of a relationship, it's more emotional than mm -hmm. it is physical at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's probably eventually going to be very difficult, especially for the one that's, there seems to be one is way more into it than the other one. That's right. So that's going to be really difficult to process. And it, at that point, I, it, I think it is. Yeah. There's an emotional attachment involved there. Sure. That's my philosophy on it. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Emotional affairs are much more difficult to navigate through than the physical like you said guys can just compartmentalize it and, and walk yeah but i think i think it, but i think both of them are affairs i think sure. they're just kind of yeah. different different categories i mean yeah. like you know, i think oh no, yeah I, yeah. I, yeah absolutely There's, i'm not saying either one yeah, no no, right no, no i know you're not justified just, i'm just saying that yeah. i think both of them are affairs yeah. so and then the second episode it was dealing with a guy that um <clears throat> basically took um a what we would consider like a, a person that works at Google. Um, he kidnapped him and uh, drove him basically to a field. He, his, his only request uh, as holding him hostage was that he talked to the CEO of Google. Um, it wasn't called Google. It was another company. I can't remember what the name of it was because he wanted to talk to him because he, while he was driving, uh, had a an accident that killed his fiance, and he the accident was caused by him looking down at his phone because he wanted to check Facebook or he wanted to check whatever social platform it was there. And when he looked down, got in an accident, killed his fiance, and he only he wanted to talk to the CEO to be like, this thing people are becoming addicted to their phones, and I killed my wife because I looked down at my phone. Um, I mean, again, that's, I think that's a real world example of what, what happens now. People are, number one, addicted to their phones. Number two, accidents do happen by looking down at their phones. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's whole campaigns now mm -hmm. for kids to turn to social media off and also adults, too. I can't tell you how many times, 
you know, I, I mean, I travel quite a bit. Out of all of us, I probably travel more miles yeah. than all, the three of us. Combined. And to see, yeah, and to see people, you know, reading whole novels on their phones, <laughs> and, yeah, it's I, ridiculous. I drive forty minutes each way to work every day. Okay, and it, most of it is on four eighty five. I cannot tell so you. So basically you're going two miles. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, well, luckily, one, the good thing about it is I do go uh, pretty much against the flow. So mm-hmm. well, everybody that stucks on the other side, and I'm kind of flying by sure, at 80 sure. waving. <laughs> but there are, I mean, I'm at 80 miles an hour, and I've got people flying by me that have their phone six inches from their face. And I don't know mm-hmm. if they're checking Facebook or if they're reading a novel yeah. or you update, know, they're updating taking, Snapchat, taking yeah. selfies of themselves. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. But, I mean, it's like every Every other car. Mm. And if I'm doing 80 and they're going by me, yeah. you know, they're 85, 90 and half an eye on the road, maybe. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's frustrating because, you know, you know, somebody's going to die. That's yeah. right. Last week on 77. Now, 77 here in Charlotte is a corridor or the one, the part of 77 I take is mm. from, from Charlotte to uh, where I go to Mooresville is where the shop is. Lord. And 77 is kind of undergoing a transition right now where an independent company has come in and widened 77. Now, that widened lane is now a toll lane, mm-hmm. which no one takes but because <laughs> we're anti-toll here in the South. But the other two lanes have just been non – for consistently since we've been here have been slow. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sure. it's, it's, yeah. it's a highway, you know, 55, 65 speed zones, and we consistently go 17 and a half. So I'm um, actually I'm trying to give you some context here, um, some uh, audio context that uh, the other day I was traveling between Charlotte and Mooresville, and um, there was actually a lady doing a, a pedicure. Had oh, her, wow. Had her foot up on the console. No. Painting her finger or toenails. Huh. I, I kid you not. Going 17 and a half miles an hour. Yeah. But still, though, yeah, that's that's either like a death wish or talent. I'm gonna tell, yeah. you, I'm gonna tell you something. I have, um, yeah, your Facebook memories mm-hmm. pop up. I had one pop up this week, and you talking about that just reminded me. Last year, about this time, I'm coming home from work, and there's this dude in a U-Haul, and the U-Haul is towing a car. He's in the left lane doing 55 miles an hour on I-85, so 70 oh, mile an hour zone. No. As I pull up by him, I look over, and he's doing his makeup in a rear view mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, the, my, my caption of that was, I didn't know whether to flip him off, blow him a kiss, or salute him. You know, like, <laughs> but he literally was like, you know, the U-Haul, oh, wow. and he just in his, you know, brushing. I was like, you got to be kidding Goodness me, Goodness gracious. But I, I would want to caption that moment, though. Is, was he pre- was he just about to get off the highway? No, Careful. no, no. He was in the left-hand lane. He was uh, not getting off anywhere. He was just he's driving. Just, he's just being prepared. Yeah. He's getting ready for, for when he I does mean, arrive. You know, like it was, I was just like. Maybe he's preparing for a state state trooper to pull him over doing too slow. <laughs> he's just prepared. Wow. But I was just, I mean, I, that stood out to me. because you know, I memorialized it on social yeah. media, so yeah. it had to stand out to me. Sure. It is amazing but. what people can do while driving. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that I trust them to do it, 100%. but it's. it's it's yeah. amazing what people attempt yeah. to do yeah. while driving. It is, I mean, I th- I could have swore I th- during tax season I saw someone filling out their taxes <laughs> in the car. I, I, I kid you not. So, well, so I mean, my mother used to be really good at reaching the back seat and stuff oh, yeah. while she was driving. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's good. So the fly swatter, get the fly swatter out. And don't forget about the safety hand. That was the safety beat, uh, safety seat belt. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Those 
Like yeah. you're going 80 miles an hour, but your mom hand, your mom's right hand pops up <laughs> on your chest. <laughs> yeah, you're not it. going through the windshield yeah. at all. My five four hundred and ten pound mom. <laughs> My mom was four ten, three hundred. But you know that's funny. Um, it does beg the question: Should uh, cell phone companies or Google or Facebook or whatever put a block that if you're driving, it turns it off? Well, I mean, they're already blocking. Voices of dissent. I mean, why not? <laughs> but I mean, like, should it be a safety feature on a phone that if you're going, it, it turns well, I, off? I, the... I don't think it'd be social media. I think it would be up to the provider of the cell phone. Right. For example, it'd ATT, the, the network would have right. to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, There's already an app you can do that to your kid's phone. If your yeah. phone's traveling more than a certain uh, miles Speed, per hour, it'll yeah. disable it. Yeah. 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 I need to figure that out. One. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. It, you know, I, and it would be something I'd have to talk through in my own mind mm-hmm. on on this podcast. I don't think so because mm-hmm. I, I because I think that blocks individual freedom. Now, where that where I would have a problem with that is that someone's poor choice of individual freedom affects mine. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. A, a right to travel. So that's where I kind of have yeah. um, a little bit of uh, See, I'm, tug. I'm philosophically kind of like you on that. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm pretty much philosophically opposed to all warning labels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you pull, again, my rights stop where someone else's start. Mm-hmm. And if my stupid choice impacts somebody else, yeah. that's different. Yeah. And, you know, that that's a tough one for me because I I you know I don't think the average person right now is intellectually capable of making a smart decision when it comes to social media <laughs> right. and cell phone use. Yeah, no, well, I, yeah, I, I I'm a firm believer in the Darwin fitness uh, of the survival, social Darwinism, baby. Uh, yeah. But that Darwinism could take you out too. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Know? That's why I have the 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 kind of tug of war. Yeah, mental. I I just don't want more government. And that frustrates me. Sure. And it may be up, you know, say it's up to the the carrier to say, hey, Verizon's going to do this and T-Mobile's not. Yeah. And maybe the free market. Exactly. Would, would I, 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 can, I can get with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if private companies make the decision, I'm, yeah. I'm oh, kind of OK with that, I yeah. think. But like you said, you have the choice. He's like uh, Biggin just said, you have the choice to say, right, AT&T is doing this. Well, I guess I'm going to go to yeah, but see, mm-hmm. the other Well, the problem with that, though, is nobody thinks it ever happens to them. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm good enough to drive. Yeah. I can look at my phone and drive because and, and you're good enough until the time you run up the back end of an 18 wheeler and yeah. take yeah. your head off, you know? Yeah. Well, it's not even in an accident, but it just impedes traffic and your right mm. to be able to oh, use the travel, speed limit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, and, and to travel at a reasonable speed. So it, it may not even just be an accident, but just impeding your yeah. right to be able to get. Because it's almost go. impossible to look at your phone and not slow down. Oh, yeah. If you take your eyes off the road, your brain automatically. Well, help while you I'm on it. cruise control. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, it, there's been studies that say once you look at the phone, even for a second, your brain will go to like, I think, like an 85 year old mental capability. And if you're already older. Like, I apologize to any 85-year-olds out there <laughs> listening. i tell you what would be an interesting study. What's, who's more impaired, somebody who's had four beers or somebody who's staring at their cell phone while they're driving? Mm. Would be I'd love one. to see that And also test. you throw in the wild card who's been smoking the devil's lettuce. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think it'd be. Or who's, well, who's got they're a, not, They're not speeding at least. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> who's got a Whataburger. That's right here in the Taco Bell drive-thru. <laughs> <Right. laughs> or the Whataburger. <laughs> Speaking of Whataburger, did you just hear they sold? I did. Sold to Chicago. Yeah, so Whataburger is a uh, a well-recognized Texas staple, and um, they just sold to a private equity firm in Chicago. Have you ever had a Whataburger, Marty? I have. They're okay. 
I, I think they're quite delicious myself. Here's here's where I fall down on the Whataburger. I like their their burger. Their uh, honey butter chicken biscuit mm. or uh, biscuit is phenomenal. Their breakfast is legit. I, I like their spicy ketchup. They have their own oh, signature yeah. spicy, their spicy ketchup. ketchup. I've had that on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which it, now it's going to change how this private equity firm got it. They're going to sub out all their all their sources of materials. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't. I hope uh, I. I Either two ways. They're going to do that and then expand into different states that don't deserve Whataburger, mm-hmm. or they're going to continue to focus on what they do right and then possibly expand also. I would I would vote for a Whataburger here. I would be okay with as it. As long as they maintain the quality of standards. Right. Sure, now. 100%. Yeah. But when, once you start doing that, there's only so many ways to make money. Yeah, as long as all, all I know is if we have a, they have a Chicago-style hot dog on their menu, mm-hmm. you know the place is going down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> or Italian beef or something like that. If you are in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full, spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or email Leon directly at Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com. That's Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com or check out the sponsors section of our website. So we're going to uh, go to this week in AOC. She is doubling down in concentration camps. Yeah, so uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the distinguished um, congresswoman from New York, who um, she's, she's a laugh a minute. Anyway, she, so she tweeted this past week, uh, this administration has established concentration camps on the southern border of the United States for immigrants where they are being brutalized with dehumanizing conditions and dying. This is not her hyperbole. It is the conclusion of expert analysis. Yeah, that's it. So what do you, what do you guys think? And also it says, I'm sorry, her follow-up tweet when you mm. said double down. Double down. It says, and for the uh, shrieking Republicans who don't know the difference, concentration camps are not the same as death camps. Concentration camps are considered by experts as the mass detention of civilians without trial and that's exactly what um, this administration is doing. Thoughts? Uh, first thought is she intentionally used concentration camp because it's the image. There's a certain image that's stirred in people's minds mm-hmm. every time you hear that word. What, what is the image when you say I mean, concentration I, camp? Honestly, I see starving people that mm-hmm. are basically skeletons standing in ratty, looks like pajamas. Right, but also the the general group of people that was responsible Jews or the Nazis. Nazis yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely pulling Nazi imagery out of that. I mean, again, I, you know, as a student of history, you know, Stalin had his camps. Mm-hmm. Mao had his camps. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the guy in, um, Laos. Right. I can't, I'm, uh, Mao Zedong. Pol Pot. Pol Pot. Yeah. Um, you know, they well, all had their, they all yeah. had their camps and they, Kim Jong-un you know, has camps right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, concentration camps, um, that is not uh, that 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 terminology is used as a sizzle word. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, 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 brings, it stirs a certain image. Abs- absolutely. And the most common 
use of that that terminology is Nazi or Nazism. Yep. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, that is the sizzle phrase of the extreme left of everyone is either a fascist or a Nazi. Punch mm-hmm. Nazis, punch fascist. Trump is a Nazi. Trump is a fascist. Uh, anyone who does not agree with their ideology is a, a Nazi, Nazi or a fascist. fascist. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, you're contributing to this. Uh, just for fun, I uh, pulled up the definition of a concentration camp, a place where large numbers of people, especially political prisoners or members of a persecuted minority are deliberately imp- imprisoned in a relatively small area with inadequate, but specific, specific facilities, sometimes forced to provide labor or to await mass execution. The term is most strongly associated with several hundred camps established by Nazi Germany and occupied in Europe in 1933 through 45. And also then if you are playing at home, um, <clears throat> the definition of a concentration camp is a yellow bus transports children and teenagers to a concentration <laughs> camp, nicknamed school five days of the week. Mm. That's from UrbanDictionary.com. You're, 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 you're going to be spot on with Urban Dictionary for the next few episodes. Well, I can tell you right. yeah, my, my boy's pretty much in the Urban Dictionary too. So <laughs> that part Do not look up a lot of things. I will not say. Alabama uh, hot pocket. <laughs> I cannot say. The You're, thing is, is you can make up just about any, any phrase, phrase you want yeah. and look sure. it up, and yeah. it's like, whoa. Okay. Hey, buddy. I didn't so know that so uh, anyway, Congress, well, Congress people were elected every two years. Correct. So I wonder what AOC's um, reelectability is going to be. For her next term, I think that in her district, unless somebody primaries her, mm-hmm. she's in like Flynn for the next twenty five yeah. years. I, yeah, I, I I saw a poll recently, and poll, polls are about as useful as a, a fart in a spacesuit some days. So, um, I, I I don't take much credit to them, but you know. The only person that's going to run against AOC is another Democrat. So it'll be a Democrat, right. Democrat, and then well, unchallenged they'll, they'll, primary. There'll be a token Republican that runs. There's already one that signed up, but, I mean, it doesn't yeah, matter. But, you know, it's a sacrificial land. Yeah, when you get like 2%, you can, I mean, yeah. you can add that to your resume. Right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's pretty much what it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I, don't, I don't think she's going to get a second term. I mm-hmm. think she is infuriated, especially with the, Amazon, the loss of Amazon. I think she's infuriated her district. But besides that, the concentration camp, I think— um, we have been seeing a lot of references to concentration, Holocaust, death camps, things like that in the news here recently. But isn't this also the same party that tried to eliminate the whole idea that that even that even took place? This is this this is part of the same party who is actually part of eugenics, which is for the mass extinction of people that do not fit a certain DNA profile. Right. So they're just bringing it back on themselves. I, I th- when you think str- when you think things cannot get stranger than fiction, the Democratic Party <laughs> or a member of Democratic Party tweets out, says something, you know, it, it's absolutely absurd. I mean, like today we had a whole hearing on reparations. We are 150 years post repara- post slavery, and we're talking about reparations. Inner Marty. Go ahead, McFly. I, I mean, I've I've got a little different take on this, but I I do feel like that something at some point needs to be addressed with that. Um, I don't. I've never again. You and I have talked. I've never in favor of just taking money and giving it to people because that is t- literally like the worst thing you can do. People that have never had money 
have no idea how to deal with money. It didn't I mean, work I'm, out good for the Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm one. Of, I mean, I'm you know, I'm crap with money. I mean, thank God my wife manages better than I do because I like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to go buy that. I go buy it. But uh, <laughs> um, I just I feel like that there needs to be a level of investment in minority communities that have not been made. I think there was an attempt at it in 65 with Johnson's Great Society programs, but they were horribly misguided. The war on poverty? Yes. Horribly misguided, horrible misuse of funds. Well, There was a lot of different ways they could have gone about that to actually put money in people's pockets through economic development Mm -hmm. as opposed to just giving them just enough to keep them. To me, it's like a drug dealer. They give them just enough to keep them on the take. But hold on. But no, it wouldn't give them enough on the take. It was to buy their vote. And see, these the same thing. These problems will never be solved by that because they do not have the individual or the the family unit or the community in a holistic approach. It's always about buying the vote. The war on poverty was nothing about buying votes. For example, when they came by and interviewed people, they would ask them, are you a single household or a single family or a single person in the household? Are you, are you married to a husband? Oh, you have a man in your house? Well, you actually qualify for this versus if you're a single mom. And right. that was the degradation of the mm-hmm. the family yeah. in, the, they, in the 60s. They, absolutely. Government programs have been the demolition of the family. Yeah. So here's the problem I have with re- reparations. It is very hard to to take a mass society. Let's just say there's 100 million um, black Americans in this country. There's it, not. Huh? There's not. How many? Uh, give me a minute. I'll tell you. Google is my friend. Siri. There are a million non-Hispanic blacks in the United States. So 37 million? 37,144,530 1, 37, as of the 2010 census. So it's, they basically make up 14% of the U.S. population. African-Americans make up 14%. So we've murdered 19 million African-Americans since 72 Probably more than that, actually. No, it's, it's just a recent statistic oh, I saw last okay. yesterday. So we've murdered almost fifty percent of. Wow. Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. How many Black Americans are there in the United States? I found this. This is forty point two four. Yeah, so they've gone up since two thousand ten. But all right, so there's forty million Black Americans in the United States. I mean. Are we going to do direct DNA testing? You know, because you know, are we going to are we going to do like Native Americans? For example, on the Cherokee Cherokee National Tribe um, in North Carolina, if you want to get any type of um, incentive back from the casinos and the tribal community, you actually have to have X amount of percentage of um, Native American Cherokee mm-hmm. DNA in your in your body. Uh, excuse me, Elizabeth Warren, you don't qualify, but um, do we, how do we do that? I mean, that is going to be a financial boondoggle sure. that will, I mean, we will never be able to recoup. I, I, maybe maybe my boy Andrew Yang's onto something. No, nothing. Just give everybody a hundred or a thousand dollars a month and move on. How about we just do that? How about we just do this? How about we just cut everybody's taxes by $12,000 a year? Well, that would work if the majority of Americans actually paid $12,000. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, it's it's a it's a net loss for everybody. Yeah. I mean, the the you, giving money just happenstancely is never going to happen. How about we just like how about we just do away with all IRS? 
We just do a we just do a, a, a straight VAT tax. I I would be all over that if we did a straight value added tax and got rid of the IRS tomorrow because a computer could do their job at that mm-hmm. point. I would be all over it. Yeah, I think that would I think that would Absolutely. add I think that add wealth automatically hundred million times. Well, every it's, it's so much easy, it's so much easier to calculate because we are a um, consumer transaction society. Yeah, and every transaction gets hit with a tax. That's right. You don't worry about. You know, the people who save money are going to love it because they make money on that. Yeah. And the people that spend their money are going to churn the economy even more. Yeah. That's right. I think it's I think it's huge. So, yeah. I mean, we're on. And that's one thing. And again, I'm not all the way through the book yet, but Andrew talks repeatedly about we're the only advanced economy in the world that does not have a value added tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I think I think you go to straight flat, a flat value added tax. I mean, it could be 18 percent, 20 percent. I mean, it would save all of us money, and mm-hmm. you know, it's on every transaction. It's mm-hmm. like you know, the, you want to talk about how to how to tax the rich, mm-hmm. tax oh, all yeah. the money they spend, <clears throat> yeah, but also tax the people that, for example, someone who may be living on government assistance who's making thirteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah. All of a sudden, that person goes and buys a forty-seven inch TV, or yeah, something like that. Well, guess what? That that choice that they're making to sacrifice for next month's needs, mm-hmm. they're going to pay for that. Yeah. And and, and it, honestly, with people on the lower end of the economic scale, I would have no trouble having certain things exempted from that. I mean, basic foods. I mean, and most value-added no taxes. Yeah, most, most value-added taxes, they are, they're graduated in what you purchase. But also, mm-hmm. it's also basic needs, like, for example, yeah. food, things like that. Yeah. Is usually exempted, yeah, or, or or taxed at a much lower rate. But value added tax is usually on uh, expendable items like you know luxury items, clothes, things like that. For, so you have to actually plan. It's For like some of us clothes are not luxury. But re- items. for reparations, <laughs> I, reparations I think can get so muddied. I mean, oh, I, 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 if if all of a sudden the Senate sent up a bill to Trump to sign for reparations, I would immediately divest every dollar I have. And I would invest into every DNA stock out there, Ancestry.com, which is, I guess, owned by Alphabet or Google. Uh, any company like that I would do because automatically we could all buy tests mm-hmm. tomorrow and test a percentage of, of black America that we have in us. I guarantee I have it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, at some point in, in the in the however many generations I've been around, I guarantee I have a little bit in me. Yeah. Sure. I think it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I just. Uh, I mean, and I think there's. It's a political football. We all know that. Oh, it's just something to bounce back and forth and yell about. Nothing's ever going to come of it. I mean, it would take people smarter than us to figure out the way to implement something like that to make it feasible. But again, to me, the only way that I would ever be in favor of it is if they figured out a way to economically develop areas that needed the development, not give money directly to people, but invest in communities for better housing, better schools, you know, bring people up, give them a chance to become participants in the economy, not people who are constantly being um, supported by the economy. But but yeah, no, I agree. But I think that you will probably see where those, where private investment has done that. Magic Johnson did this in LA years ago. He went and took his burger chains. He went and bought, um, he actually brought Starbucks into these communities. These communities have been depressed for a number of years. 
I guarantee if we look at those snapshots right now in 2019 versus 2009 when they started, those those communities have still recessed. They have well, not they have not taken advantage of right. It is, and I think, but part of that, you know, we had the teachers on a few weeks or what a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Now. But you think about the the schools. I mean, you if if the entire area doesn't get raised up, just yeah. putting a McDonald's on the yeah. corner and a Starbucks and you know, honestly, if you're living on eight hundred dollars a month, which is what you're, you know, say that's your, um, yeah, EBT for the month, you're not going to go to Starbucks. We're not doing EBT. Average income would be probably on the low end twelve hundred plus another three or four hundred bucks in EBT. So I mean, that's fifteen hundred bucks a month that you're not working for. That, for example, you would have to actually go get a job making probably ten bucks an hour. To, to accommodate that at 30 hours a week. I mean, it gives no incentive for people to actually traject, traject mm-hmm. themselves yeah. up. Right. I'm, I, I, I'm not sorry for people that do not want to pull themselves up. There's been many stories. Once you give a government handout, you're implying that that person's a victim. You're saying, guess what? Here's free money. You're a victim. I do not agree with that. Mm. At all, because that money is not being propagated by the government. That government has been taking taken from someone who actually has worked for it, redistributed through the system, and given to a person. You're automatically uh, uh, basically saying that person um, is a victim of society, a victim of neighborhoods, victim of their culture, victim of their color of the skin, victim of their gender, victim of this. I, I just don't think reparation stops there. There's already been a movement now for um, reparations for the LGBTQ community. I mean, how many people are going to sit there and go, you know what? I'm, I'm actually, my ancestry is black and I'm also gay. I would, I'd sign up for tomorrow. I want a paycheck. There's going to be, there's going to be rep. I mean, there's going to be people that do that and milk the system. I don't know. That's just my, my two cents, but no, I could be completely off the reservation with that. I didn't mean that in a negative no. racial <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I gotta say to that. <laughs> yeah, hell no. All right, so we are gonna take a break, and when we come back, uh, we have uh, our guest Josh Brom from the Equal Rights Institute. Uh, he will be our guest on this episode of the Southern Pride Philosophy Podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. On today, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we have Josh Brom from the Equal Rights Institute. Uh, you can find him on the EqualRightsInstitute.com. Uh, you can also find him on Facebook. Where else, Josh? Oh, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. 
offer up, let go. <laughs> Craigslist, wherever, wherever, We're not on Snapchat. That just that that feels weird, but yeah, <laughs> that's kind of it. Yeah, that, I, I just downloaded Snapchat for the uh, transgender uh, filters or the whatever it is the filter they just have. Oh no! Yeah, we I had to do to it. For, I had to do it for the kiddos. Just okay. curious. Anyway, so yeah, Josh is here today. We're uh, we we've actually asked him on a couple weeks ago. Um, just couldn't line our schedules up. We wanted to talk about the. The uh, new bills that have been passing in some of these states, you've had uh, states like Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana. Yeah. There's eight of them. So Mississippi, Iowa, Louisiana, Missouri. That's most of them. I'm missing one, I think. Ohio. Okay. You've had states out there that have now um, done like heart or heartbeat bills to just total abortion bans with extreme exception of uh, medical necessary reasons. Right. Then you've had other states like Vermont, New York, New York, Illinois, uh, Illinois, recently. Yeah, Illinois and a few other states have actually mentioned also where they're going to just basically go full on board. Um, abortion through all nine months, basically. abortion through nine, nine and a half months. I think some of them have stated, especially like uh, uh, Governor Northam with Virginia, um, basically after the, the baby is born. So anyway, so we're just going to have an open, open, honest discussion. I mean, we, we like softball topics here, you know, <laughs> where we don't like to offend anybody. But anyway, we're, you know, we're just kind of going, uh, this is just a topic that has interested a lot of us and a lot of our listeners. And we want to kind of bring an expert who actually is in this field besides our opinions to kind of just address this. So welcome to the show, Justin. It's really great to be back. And it makes sense to talk about this. You've got philosophy in the name of your show. Like, how can we not talk about that? That's right. And just for fun, let's go ahead and run that disclaimer. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show, but they should be. That's just a little CYA. Um, and to give a little bit of background, Josh, tell people where you're from, what yeah. organization. Tell us about the organization. Yeah, so I've been doing uh, full-time pro-life work since I was about 20, 21 years old. Um, and I was mainly pro-life speaking and writing and, and podcasting. And so but five years ago now, uh, my brother and I launched uh, uh, our own organization called Equal Rights Institute. And we tried to help pro-life people to be less weird. And, um, <laughs> That's more- a task, my friend. It is a time. We have our we have our work cut out for us. Sure. Um, we're trying to help pro-life people to be to be more like Jesus. So, like, what would it look like if Jesus talked to a pro-choice person? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? What would his body language look like? What kinds of questions would he ask? What would he not ask? And what would it sound like when he made arguments that are spoken with grace and gentleness, even though he's not holding back from truth? I just want to help mm-hmm. the whole pro-life movement to get closer to whatever that mark is. So. Wow. We're a national organization. We do speaking and writing and podcasting and videos and courses and campus outreach. And we're focusing on four main areas. It used to be three, but we've recently added okay. a fourth. But the first thing that we, we think a lot about are practical dialogue tips. So we've had cumulatively our staff 5,000 conversations with pro-choice people. And we just learned a lot of things. We've learned a lot of things about how like the little things you can do in a conversation mm. that helps someone to be more receptive and less defensive. And that's really important because if they're defensive, you're not going to change their mind about anything. Sure. So how do we help them to make it feel less like a debate and more like we're just friends at Starbucks? Can you give us some examples of yeah, just a so few of those? Things like body language. Um, I think generally um, make when you make your argument to just – 
make your argument and, and end it with a period and not don't use a leading question. Don't ask and don't make an argument with that ends with a question mark where you're mm. saying, well, if X is true, then wouldn't Y also have to be true? Like mm. that can make them feel defensive because they feel like you're leading them somewhere. Even if you're not, it feels like you are. And gotcha. then they kind of shut down. Um, tr- you're trying to maximize clarity, make clarity completely your responsibility. So there's ways that you can try to make sure that you are being extra clear, but you've also got to kind of bear their burden of clarity because they're probably not going to be that clear. Mm-hmm. So you got to work extra hard to make sure you don't straw man them. So thinking mm-hmm. like, like rephrase what they said. Um, if they say something like, you know, if, if they've kind of made their argument, then what I might do is, okay, before I respond to that, let me tell you what I hear you saying, because I want you to let me know if I've got it wrong. Because we, we, we miss each other all the time. Like well-meaning people miss each other. Husbands and wives miss each other. Yeah. I literally just had a conversation with my, with, with my wife right before driving here, and we missed each other. There's a mm-hmm. word that we were both using differently, and we only realized like at the very end. And I was like, hey, we're literally going to have to redo this conversation now because <laughs> we've been talking past each other this whole time. So like right. all, the, this is happens. And so I'm going to tell you what I hear you saying in my own words. Mm -hmm. Let me know what I get wrong. I don't want to get this wrong. I want to really understand you. So it's just like little things like that. Um, We also talk about philosophy. So there are some good uh, like true pro-life arguments that are very persuasive. There are some true pro-life arguments that are not that persuasive Mm -hmm. and there are just some bad arguments. And so we talk about that. Because God said, period. That's yeah, probably not. That's such a not list. persuasive argument. The Bible says so. <laughs> the Bible said. That doesn't work with atheists. Um, and uh, so, like, we talk about relational apologetics, the art of cultivating friendships with people who are different from you. Like, that's my vision for the pro life movement. Most mm-hmm. people cannot change their minds because they had one conversation with someone like me on a college campus. It's going to be being friends with someone like Brandon and having a series of a, a dozen or two conversations mm-hmm. over coffee or something like that, where you can kind of work through all the different kind of hurdles that are in between them and either the pro-life position or the Christian position, whatever it is that you're talking Mm -hmm. about, Um, getting through those with someone that they trust and that context of friendship that's far more persuasive, especially to younger people than just talking to a stranger Mm -hmm. on a campus. And then the new thing that we've recently added is something, this is a kind of a pro-life phrase, so I'll explain what I mean by it, but the the way that the the phrase that people usually use is sidewalk counseling. Mm -hmm. This is the phrase for when people are standing on a sidewalk in front of an abortion clinic and trying to encourage women to not have abortions. They're kind of that last line of defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I accidentally hired an amazing sidewalk counselor. Like I didn't, <laughs> I, I knew he did sidewalk counseling, but I, I didn't expect we would ever get into that. I even told him like we're, we're apologetics and philosophy and dialogue mm-hmm. tips, but I, I hired him to do logistics. Well, it turns out he's not very good at logistics. <laughs> it took me a couple of years to really realize that. Oh, wow. But it's 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 a, it's a whole you know he was the right person he's so good he we're so glad to have him on our team I just had him doing the wrong thing mm. I didn't have him in his skill set but it turns out he's amazing mm. at sidewalk counseling and we had a lot of people asking us to help with that and so we've created we're almost done creating a brand new online course on wow. his like kind of like a master class on how he sidewalk counsels so. Huh. That's that's kind of what we do. So holding up a sign also does not. Is it not depends on just, the sign. So we okay. actually one of the lessons in the course we go through. I don't remember how many. I feel like somewhere between twenty five and fifty different sign options, oh, and wow. just get Jacob's take on what signs um, are effective and work and why, and then what are some signs that are commonly held that are not as effective and why. So mm. that's why we call this a, a, a sidewalk counseling masterclass because we're really focusing not on a whole bunch of different people's opinions. In this case, in this case 
case, we're going, we're saying Jacob is awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's understand what he thinks about all these different things okay. and why. And I think he explains his views really well. And that's different from your other three principles because you yeah. use mainly just a lot of data yeah. to figure out how to best best make those arguments. Right. The other, this way, is just, Jacob, what do you think? So what's interesting is but the how he's come to his conclusions are based on a, on, on a lot of data. And this is, this is okay. what I mean when I say he's great at self-counseling. So one of the things that makes us kind of unique and cool, I think, something that I'm the most proud of of our organization is we are intentionally an innovative and flexible apologetics organization. Okay. We are always trying to beat our own stuff. So when we go into a college campus, that's our lab. We're doing R&D. We're trying mm. different things. I have a cold Google Doc that no one's allowed to see, but it's full of Ooh. ideas of things that I either haven't tried yet or I haven't tried enough times mm-hmm. to figure out how well it works. But we're So we're always trying to figure out what is working and what is not working. It doesn't matter. Is it what we've always taught? Is it what we like to use as an argument that we like? I want to know what actually changes minds. Hmm. Obviously, it's got to be true also. But like as long as but there are some true arguments that don't change people's minds. Yeah. And we found that. And so what, what we're trying to figure out is what works. So it turns out that what makes Jacob so awesome is he's been doing the same thing on sidewalks for five years. Hmm. I just didn't know it until a oh, couple of years wow. ago when we started talking about it and it like blew my mind. I was like, wait a minute. You've been doing R&D on the sidewalk, like <laughs> figuring out new cool techniques. Like he's been figuring out, for example, why it's good to even have men as sidewalk counselors. I always thought, wait a minute, that's a women's thing. That's like, that's what the, what the female yeah. pro-life people want to do because they're going to be the more safe looking people, right? It just right. makes sense. Yet Jacob said, yeah, but who is the one waiting outside for four hours while she has an abortion? Mm. Her boyfriend. He doesn't want to be in the waiting room and he can't leave. He's not allowed to leave. He's a driver. Mm-hmm. It's usually the, the the boyfriend. So he's usually hanging outside smoking or on his phone or whatever. That's the – and Jacob is awesome at mm-hmm. connecting with those guys because there's – because and, and you guys know there is a way that men, once they've built up a certain kind of rapport with each other, we can push each other in mm-hmm. a way that women can't push us. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that's like it's not offensive for us to like kind of really you know push in a certain way that – Women just can't really pull off. And so it's actually valuable to have both men and women filling kind of different roles on the sidewalk. Well, that's straight out of Jacob's awesome mind. It's just – took us a long time to kind of mine all the gold out of it because he can't <laughs> write at all. So it's like, he's just like, he's the best storyteller I know. And he can't write worth a darn. So you've got to like, just get him telling stories. And then like, you're mining all these gold nuggets out of it and then <laughs> sure. figuring out how to write it and outline it. <laughs> nice. Very cool. So uh, like, like we talked about, there was, there's been several bills and uh, yeah. there, man, I'm sure all 50 states and including some of our territories will probably be passing similar legislation. Yeah. And um, so I guess normally from a 10,000 uh, foot view, what, what is your kind of take on this right now? I think there's good things and bad things. Okay. Like I, th- I, th- I think what's going on is both sides um, are for the most part reacting to the fact that Brett Kavanaugh was elected to the, was appointed to the Supreme court. Mm-hmm. Um, so for pro-lifers and a lot of pro-choice people, frankly, they believe now for the first time that there is a five to four majority of pro-lifers on the Supreme court. Um, in fact, if you watch a, there's a Netflix documentary that came out last year called reversing row. It's a, it's a super pro-choice biased, deceptive documentary. I have a whole video series on our YouTube channel, um, exposing how it's deceptively edited and, and has a bunch of really bad arguments in it. But you you get that picture from the documentary. They really think it's all about just getting a 5-4 majority. Now, I think they're wrong. 
I think it's oh, that's always been wrong. Mm-hmm. Clark Forsyth is a r- brilliant uh, uh, pro-life uh, thinker who wrote a long time ago, like five, ten years ago, wrote in, a, in one of his books that we would need at least a six to three majority because – if Roe versus Wade and Casey v. Planned Parenthood was came about 20 years later, if both those cases are overturned, that'll be the most controversial thing to happen on the Supreme Court in 100 years. Mm. No one is going to want to be the swing vote on that. No one's going to be going to be one of the, 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 the Kennedy vote. Right. Mm. And so you're going to need at least six to three. You might even need more um, Brown versus Board of Education, where they desegregated schools. They waited. I only learned this recently. They they waited until it was nine to zero. Oh, wow. And they did that for a reason. And, and, I, and I don't know whether it was the right strategy or not. But the reasoning was, I hear, that they wanted to make sure this will never go back. They wait till it's nine to zero. This is never turning around. It's not just a matter mm. of one or two Supreme Court justices getting appointed and things yeah. like reversing. So they waited till it's nine to zero. Anyway, it's not going to be five to four. It's going to be at least six to three. So all that being said, a lot of people, I think, wrongly thought, oh, Kavanaugh's on the Supreme Court. And so now the Supreme Court has basically completely changed. And so pro-choice people were reacting like New York did, which is like, let's pass the most extreme pro-choice bills ever in kind of a a protest Mm -hmm. of a combination of Kavanaugh and Trump. And then you had, I think, some pro-lifers, and I don't know this firsthand because I'm not in touch with the pro-lifers that passed these bills. Clearly, there was a coordinated effort. In fact, a lot of the bills are practically copied and pasted from each other, um, and they weren't consulting with me or else I would have told them not to do this. But um, And I can, we can get into that later. But um, clearly what they're doing, I, I think pretty clearly they're reacting to, hey, Kavanaugh's on. Maybe now if we, if we pass one of these bills that is in total violation of Roe and Casey, which they are, any, any bill that's banning abortion before you know, 20 weeks is a clear violation of Roe and Casey. And I can explain why that is if you wanted to, but let's just say for sake of argument, is totally in violation, which means those state bills don't have an effect. If you're in Alabama, don't think abortion's banned now. It's not. That's not the way this works hmm. because state bills don't trump Supreme Court law. You could get like a federal constitutional amendment, which is really, really hard to do. You could do that. But at this point, the Supreme Court, the Roe versus Wade, that's the law of the land or really Casey v. Planned Parenthood, if you want to get technical and nerdy, <laughs> is the law of the land because it gutted Roe. But like that's unfortunately where it is. Now, that's not mm. the way the founders meant for the country to work. Sure. The way the founders meant for the country to work, if it's not in the Constitution, states can do whatever they want. And that's what you had before Roe versus Wade. And then in Roe versus Wade in 73 – in his companion case, Doe versus Bolton, the Supreme Court wiped every state bill off the books and replaced it with one, well, really two huge Supreme Court decisions that said abortion is a constitutional right. Mm. And we found that right through the right to privacy and things like that. So what that means is that pro-lifers in Georgia and Alabama and Iowa and these different states are trying, they're purposely trying to get the Supreme Court to reconsider Roe and Casey. This is mm-hmm. what the strategy is because they're in complete violation. They're they're, gotcha. they're 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 flying in the face of it. They're kind of flipping the bird to Roe re, to 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 Roe versus Wade. And so then the question is what happens if they take the bait, mm. which maybe they might even have to. And I don't know, but it feels like when eight states do this, like they might be forced to basically mm. do yeah, an abortion. I don't know. We, we've already had a precedent set with, with uh, cannabis laws. The f- federal government is not jumping on. How many states have passed cannabis laws now? 
This is like not an area 20, that I know a lot about. 23, Recreation something like that. Like 12 or 13. 12 or 13, but we, I think we have 23. That are medicinal. 23 that are medicinal slash recreational slash whatever. I feel See, like that's coming too, though. Like it feels like. No, no, I think, right? I think I, but what I'm saying, though, is that under purview, under two two administrations, we've had a Department of Justice who who could have kept those states, certain states and their legislature and government actually brought the federal government to actually arrest, you know, cannabis users. So um, I think cannabis actually, I don't think we'd be sitting here right now with a pro-life movement if it wouldn't have been for um, cannabis. Because I think cannabis. Wait, pushed. wait, well, how? No, <laughs> this I, is interesting. I've not heard no, this I'm, argument I'm, before. I'm, I'm deadly serious because I, I, the cannabis. Like I said, we already have 23 states. Cannabis has been the bugaboo of since 1931, I believe, is when um, cannabis was actually officially um, made illegal. Okay. Okay. So you know we've gone this this far. What 90 years or whatever, 30, or 80 years, whatever. Right. Where all of a sudden you, you start to see one state, California, and then Colorado, and then these states push this narrative that you know what we're going to leave this to states' rights. Hmm. Um, if you want to challenge this federal government, go ahead. Now the federal government has had certain things where um, banks can't accept you know money or mm-hmm. uh, credit card user or credit card companies will not be able to to use um, their services to process but anyway that's kind of a moot point but um, I think we may not be here right now with with the pro-life movement mm-hmm. in these states if it wouldn't refer to cannabis because I think the federal government has already shown inaction against cannabis that we may you know we may not see it in, we may see an inaction right now with 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 the pro-life and um, pro-choice movement right now. I think it may we may just cobble up and be like, all right, what's your state's position? So, so interesting. Your position is that they're not going to take a position. Whatever the state says, they're just but see, not going to do yeah, anything. I, I, I mean, I would like to see it go back to the Supreme Court. Um, but I don't yet. I, I don't yet because I think Kavanaugh and Roberts are two wild cards right. on the on the deck. I, you know, people especially Roberts, yep. yeah, yeah, especially Ro- say, yep. especially Roberts. If it's but, five four, Roberts will go pro choice. Yep, without a doubt. Robert Roberts is um, we we like it or not. I mean, I, I'm not for a government mandate for health care, and Roberts proved us all wrong. We thought we thought we had the wild card in. Right. Boy. I mean, he voted against us in Louisiana recently. Like the, the, the thing with Roberts is I think Roberts um, – and this is based on knowing people who know Roberts – is he is pro-life. But Roberts cares less about abortion than he cares about the legacy of the court. Like he, like he feels like his role as the – you know, the as, as, the, as the chief is to preserve the legacy of the court. And so if you force Roberts and, – and, and this is my view. There are some pro-life people that disagree with me. But I, 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 I pretty strongly believe that right now if you force Roberts to choose between two things, overturning Roe versus Wade with five men or preserving mm-hmm. legacy of the court – he is going to go legacy of the court every which, time, which is absurd because it doesn't matter if it's if it's you know whatever whatever the, the makeup of gender of the two hundred eighty three genders out there. It doesn't matter the makeup of that. So it, I, it matters. I agree with that, like at a philosophical level, and and you're right to say that this is a philosophy show, but. PR and optics mm-hmm. are a thing. Yeah. I think if if God had His way with Ruth Bader Ginsburg and she retired and came to Jesus 
and died peacefully in her bed. That is my that's my hope. <laughs> that's, for, the goal. that's my hope for her, um, which is a, a, a lot more charitable than some other people's hopes for her. Sure. Um, and <laughs> Trump replaced her with someone like Amy Barrett. Mm. Maybe then we have a ball game. I really like right Amy now. Barrett. I do. Too. I really do. I, awesome. I, I wish she would have been on the uh, lineup Us versus too. Kavanaugh. There's not that many people that know, but we actually had made a video before they announced Kavanaugh about how glad we were that he picked Amy Barrett. Like we'd already made the video <laughs> so that we could right away drop this thing. And then he announced Kavanaugh is like not deleted. Cal- I, I, <laughs> no. I, I see, I well, was, you should have just kept it. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, you could, there's, there's Vegas odds for everything. OK. Yeah. And Kavanaugh was three. Out of the Vegas odds. Wow. Barrett was number one. See, that's how surprised, even mm. surprised Vegas. So yeah. uh, $10, I think a $10 bet on uh, Kavanaugh would have paid you almost 30 grand in yeah. Vegas. What? Yeah. It was, it, was something, it was something ridiculous. Yeah, but I think it was one of those things where he did a, took a calculated risk. He was banking on getting one more before his term is up, yeah. and he knew Kavanaugh would be the hardest one. And it's nice it, to replace. So, like, if you be, be replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg, then he's replacing a woman with right. a woman. Yeah, and on the other, and also you think about it like this: he knew they were going to throw the book at whoever he nominated. It didn't right. matter. I mean, he could have, you know, Jesus could have come down and they would have found a way to you know, do something. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, he knows next time around it's going to be a little, I think it's going to be a little more reserved because if their show is going after a woman who's as accomplished as she is, it's going to... It's going to look – it's a bad optic. Yeah. We were talking optics yeah. matter, and yeah. it's a really bad optic. It does. It's going, to, it's going to be easier to pick her also later because of the times he wasn't that experienced. He wasn't – he didn't have as much time on the circuit court at this point. Maybe she would have several years there, which would make her an easier um, you know, swing so, for the Senate. I think it's funny how RBG has become this like pro-choice female empowerment icon when she has been just relegated to just – nothingness for so many years and all of a sudden now she's like i mean there are people I mean, like got documentaries yeah she probably she's had really interesting i mean i mean she was she was this pro-choice justice who was saying back at roe that they should have decided roe with a different argument like she was like glad it, like it went the pro-choice way but she was like this is the wrong argument it shouldn't be based on privacy it should be based on equality hmm. make it like women can't have equality without the right to an abortion that'll be a better argument so do you think it's it, 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 it is a better argument legally um, it was definitely a better structured argument yeah that's a, a lot of pro-life people argue that's the way to overturn uh, roe versus wade is not through the Right to an abortion, but the the precedent that it was decided on is yeah. the better way to attack it. Well, I wish we would just actually go to fundamentals versus, you know, throw out throw out the religious argument. Yeah, if you go to the basic philosophical argument, is that in the womb, is that a human being? Right. Does that that human being actually have human DNA? Right. I think if we were to actually focus on that. Versus, like, what would Jesus do? Or mm-hmm. uh, I knew you in the womb. I knew how many hairs were on your head. Because everyone doesn't follow the Judeo-Christian belief that right. uh, cells united between a, a male, a, a biological male, and a biological female actually make a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish we'd actually fundamentally 
follow the logic does when XX and XY combine? Is that actually a human being? Yeah. And Did, how do we determine, is this a valuable human being or not? I guess it's part of why we started Equal Rights Institute was okay. because, you know, when I, when I talk about us like wanting to do R&D, we had stumbled upon a pro-life argument that was so much more persuasive than anything we'd ever used before, which we call the Equal Rights Argument. Thus, we started the Equal Rights Institute um, because and it wasn't even an argument. We heard from some brilliant philosopher at, at Biola, but we started messing around with it on college campuses. And I have never seen anything change more minds about abortion. And that's the direction we're, we're focusing on equality yeah. because young people care more about equality than anything else. So I'm basically saying, look, we can agree that human adults get equality. We get, we get an equal right to life. Why is that? Isn't that because there's something that we all have in common that we all have equally? Because it's got to be something we have equally. It can't be something like intelligence that which you could have more or less of. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get you equality. What gets us equality is, is there's something that we all have in common that we have equally. Um, and I think that thing is something like humanness. Consciousness. Um, no, it's not consciousness. If, if, if you go consciousness, then first squirrels are in now. Squirrels, squirrels get an equal right to life because they're conscious. No, they're conscious, but I, I don't think they're con- – they don't have consciousness where we – you know, for example, a squirrel doesn't think of an afterlife, at least to our understanding through scientific knowledge. Right. That is true because I mean, I've, I've took out a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, you murder. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but, you know, human beings from 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 – the onset of mankind, we've always looked towards the past. We've always looked towards the future. Now that future may be in whatever you know dogma that you follow. It may be into the present. It may be into some other dimension or afterlife. Mm-hmm. I don't think squirrels or animals have that. Yeah, so I think there's a way that to make that argument that's really, really good, and then there's a way to screw it up. So oh, I'll just yeah, point out, yeah. I'll, I'll point out how I'm to very, screw it up. I'm very good at screwing it up. Here's so how you screw it up. Good point. No, it's so it. weird that we're talking about this, because literally yesterday, all afternoon, I spent with our philosophy team talking about this this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of cool that we're talking about it now. But the, the way to screw that up would, would, would be to say that to be a person, you would have to presently be able to do that thing. Mm. Um, and that can't, anytime you say it's the present ability to do anything, to do X, you're going to end up with wrong answers. You're going to get newborns are going to be out because they usually can't do those kinds of things. If you say that what matters is being um, having what philosophers call a higher order capacity, but I'll, I'll use different language. I'll say like something like being a member of a kind of thing that is naturally ordered toward being able to do that at some point, then you're good because there are lots of philosophers that disagree about what exactly is a thing. So you're saying something like consciousness and by that you mean a very advanced um, level of awareness of past, present, future, and maybe even alternative universes, which is, which is, and, and I think that's a legitimate view. Um, there are other people. There's I mean, a, we can lower the standard to being able to wipe your own butt. No. So that's a problem because oh, no. apes can do that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I, got, I got a dog humans. that's pretty good at it too. <laughs> cats, there's some cats that can flush toilets. Like, why aren't they in at the yeah. point? Um, but yeah, we're probably getting a little bit philosophically into the weeds, but I would argue something like humanness. And if that's, if that's what gets you in and if the unborn have that, which they totally do, then they're in. They should get treated equally. And I've never seen anything change more minds on on abortion is them seeing like, look, to be pro-equality, they have to be pro-life. But would the argument just be that, well, it's not a human until it pops out? Not human. If, if by human, well, it depends on what you mean by human. Um, if, if by human, you mean member of the biological species Homo sapiens, 
I don't think that's exactly it. And that's why it says something like humanist. I did that on purpose. I'm being mm. philosophically imprecise on purpose with my Ooh. language, with my language before their sake. Um, basically, like Brandon jumped us straight into the weeds, right? Mm. Of like, let's get really philosophical, which is like, that's that's my playground. I love hanging out there. That's, that's, that's cool. But if you do that with most pro-choice people, in our experience, you mess up the conversation. Like, mm. you just, it's just too easy to get on all these different tangents where they get confused about the the distinction. So by saying something like humanness, I'm kind of implying that it's human DNA. It's not human DNA. I don't think human day, like DNA is actually the thing that makes you valuable. Um, but it's really close to the right answer and it's really easy to understand. And mm-hmm. so for the sake, for their sake, to try to help the conversation proceed, I keep it simple unless they bring me advanced like Brandon did by, by okay. going all higher order capacity. Well, I, just, I just think that we have to ask, okay, I mean, the basic question of, is this person, is this <clears throat> organization of cells potentially human human being? Do they have the same DNA code that I do? If the answer is yes, then do, does that clump of cells have intrinsic value at any given point in that span? Now, there's no guarantee that that baby or that, that clump of cells will reach maturity at nine months and then progress into the uh, outer regions of the real world. But, you know, does that, does that, clump of cells, quote-unquote fetus, baby, does that have any intrinsic value in utero? And what what gets really me upset is when uh, you have the same people who argue for pro-choice and then they argue against the misappropriation of animals or the abuse of animals right. or the abuse of this or that. It just – it. it I want to scratch my head with a Brillo pad because <laughs> so or my I, brain. If, I should if say. it helps, I can explain what's going on there. Please do. Here's, that, here's I, what's going on because 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 we can't risk like counter someone unless we understand where they're coming from, right? So, I mean, so just to, just to, just go ahead. I want to salt the water a little bit. There, there's actually a huge. <laughs> there's a huge fine if you actually were to take a bald eagle egg yep. and actually crush it, or you know whatever, yeah, steal eat it, or whatever. It, yeah. But, yeah, egg a houseman. Yeah, I mean. But there's no repercussions for in utero. You know what I'm saying? We we right. value the bald eagle egg federally more than we do a human life. Yeah, and so I think so. The bottle, the, the the bald eagle egg thing, I think has like like part of what what that has to do with is like the the like how close to extinction bald eagles maybe or, or something like that. So sea turtles. Okay, so if you go to something that's like let, 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 let's take an example like. I, I'm assuming sea turtles aren't near extinction. I don't know a lot about well, sea turtles. Uh, actually, I mean, you you take any type of mostly species. I mean, like for example, right. in, in North Carolina, hawks. Okay, murder of hawk eggs, or you know, the, the taking of hawk eggs actually becomes mm-hmm. with a with a crime with a penalty. Yeah, you remember the the episode of which we had to <clears throat> remove off of our list is. <laughs> No, really? No, 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 no. Let's clarify. Well, you, I took out of consciousness, out of my own con, yeah. higher level of consciousness. It's <laughs> the reason why I don't post on Facebook anymore because no, I fear people. Here we go. Seriously, uh, that that if I were I'm to kill, you, I'm, I'm giving you a hug across oh, the table. I know you are. If I were to kill an animal that does not have a hunting season, it has the same uh, federal. Uh, Rights. Law rights that if I were to kill a person versus a bird that does not have a hunting season, that doesn't right. make any sense. Right. Yeah. So if I were to try to cash out the hunting season thing, I would assume that that but and I'm not a hunter, so feel free to educate me if I'm missing this. But I would assume that it's not that the 
you know, whoever's the, the department over uh, like fishing game wildlife, or whatever, uh, wildlife fishing game, whatever the department. Department of uh, Uselessness. I think it's pretty sure that's the one that goes through. It's that. only uh, one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> would be saying, it's, they're not saying that the, like this one hawk is more valuable than this one hawk. They would say like to help preserve the species or whatever, then we're going to limit how many times you can kill that species and, and like, and, and separate. And, and, and the only way they can enforce that was with fines and things like that. Right. Mm. So, but I think what's going on, I, I do think that it's true that there are a lot of people that value animal life a lot more than they value 100% fetal human life. And so I think what's going on there is these people are thinking differently about animals than they think about the unborn. Um, they're thinking of like, when they think of like, if, if, you know, an animal rights activist, that would be really, really depressed. It's just the, idea of a deer being shot and killed like what's going on for them well they think differently about what's going on with that deer they think here's a deer that is at least minimally conscious or like sentient or something like that right and might have little deer babies and like all these different things like it's just like different to them whereas they think of an an unborn child as being well first of all they wouldn't think of it as a child as a fetus or an embryo or something like that um and so it gets this like lower status they might think of it as like maybe the value of like a golden retriever or something like that or maybe nothing um and because they're thinking this is a potential person it's not a person right now the way you and i think about it it has the potential of being a person and if you cut it off if you terminate the pregnancy in their mind then all you're doing Mm -hmm. is just keeping the potential from fulfilling basically right you've 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 taken an an entity that could have been a person and made it so it will never become a person and so it's fine versus in our mind you're taking a person and taking it out uh, you're taking it out of existence you're 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 killing it Uh so we think very differently about what's going on Mm -hmm. in 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 the womb but i do think that it is valuable to talk about animals sometimes because there's usually this common ground that we can find with most people about there being something special uh, uh, about humans um, but there, are, of course, as you're immediately thinking, there are exceptions. I'll tell you about it. one exception I talked to, I talked to one time. I talked to this guy on a train. I tell the story sometimes on stage where I was on this train. He sits across from me. We're at like, I love trains because there's like this restaurant booth table like in front of me. I've got my laptop out. It's so much better mm-hmm. than like planes where like I sure. barely, I've got like not enough space to do like anything except breathe. And so I'm, I'm working on my laptop and this guy sits across from me and we start talking. And eventually he asked me about what I do. And I just come from an outreach at Pasadena City College where I'd spent a couple of days talking to pro-choice people. So I kind of told him it's like a two-minute summary of what I've been doing. And in that two-minute summary toward the end, I mentioned, I said, I've noticed something recently. I've noticed something. I talk to all kinds of people. I talk to Christians and atheists and Buddhists and Mormons and, you know, all these different types of people. And almost everyone that I talk to agrees that there's something special about humans. And he said, oh, no, my girlfriend would disagree with that. And I was like, really? Like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And he's like, yeah, I'll prove it to you. If he ever accidentally kills a bug, she has a moment of silence. <laughs> and I thought about that. I was like, hmm. I thought about that for a minute. I was like, wow. I don't think that your girlfriend thinks that they're the same. And I'll prove it to you. If she ever accidentally ran over a kid, she wouldn't just have a moment of silence, right? Like it would at least wreck her day. Like she wouldn't like she wouldn't just get out of the car and be like, namaste and move on. Like it's gonna be an event in her life, you know. And I know this is a California stereotype, but I swear he's a dude. Hmm. He starts thinking. He starts nodding his head. He's like, I think you're right. 
<laughs> I'm going to go talk to her about that today. I'm sure they had this amazing conversation. Anyway. And now they broke up. She, yeah, he was, he was, he was available on Tinder. Later easily <laughs> on the couch at least. Minimum, right. he was on the couch that night. <laughs> so it is valuable, I think, to talk about animals and try to start getting people thinking about their intuitions. I, I think there's a lot of value to that. How do you move people from the thought of it's just an embryo, it's a cluster of cells, it's not the potential, to hey, this is actually a human? Yeah. Um, do, but, we, do we do we erase the terminology, fetus? That's a good question. Clump? That's a really good question, and this because, is because you never hear clump of dog cells, right? Or you know, you know, or a clump of cells. Like mm. honestly, you know. Hey, I mean, if you go on the, the Facebook marketplace and they're like, or whatever, puppyfinder.com, they're like, oh, you know, here's here's Molly, the uh, or Molly and Kyle, the Rottweiler, and they're having babies or mm. puppies. They never, you know, they, they never deep dogitize the, right. you know, the, the puppies as a clump of cells. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm, and I hate to yeah. cut you off. I'm just saying. No, this is, this is good because you're asking me about a thing that I've been thinking a lot about. Lately, like I, I had thoughts and then in the last couple of months, I've been rethinking all of my thoughts <laughs> and trying to figure out, am I changing my mind or am I just like nuancing my views? So I'm in fact, I literally just while you're talking, I think I came up with a new distinction. So let me try to like process this out out loud. So I have been. I get more hate mail from pro-lifers than pro-choice people, okay? This is a part of my life. That's when you know you're doing it right. Is that, is that, the, uh, is that the pro-lifers that hold a bullhorn and the uh, Yeah, the a, lot, a lot of those do uh, not like me very much yeah. at all. So Don't so worry. I don't like them either. One of one of the many reasons uh, – I like some of them. I've got some really good friends that have the, the aborted uh, fetus signs, but, it, but some of them also really don't like me. So one of the reasons why pro-lifers sometimes don't like me very much is because – I I am less nitpicky typically about or I'm I'm less um like hardcore on pro-lifers need to always say baby and child and we should never say fetus and and like we gotta be like really careful about the words. Because in my experience, if we're having a one-on-one dialogue, don't think of like a debate, think of like right. a one-on-one dialogue. Mm. Um I'm trying to use neutral terms, especially in the beginning of the conversation, because what I'm my actual goal here is I want to make the person feel emotionally safe and so that we can focus on the two mm. issues that matter. I don't want to argue about the terms. I want to talk about is the unborn of a human person like you and me mm-hmm. and does a woman's right to her own bodily autonomy trump those rights? Those are like the two big issues. Okay? Mm, okay. That's what I want to be talking about. I do not want to be arguing about are we calling it a zygote or an embryo or a fetus or a product of conception right. or a clump of cells, like all these different things. So I've, that, that's been kind of my take and some pro-lifers get mad at me for but, that. But, but, but you would not use that. For example, if you took the opposing view of – um, for example, Pride Month. You know, right mm-hmm. now we're in the middle of the month of Gay Pride, or mm-hmm. you know, L- LGBTQ, LMNOP Pride Month, mm-hmm. or um, you know, any type of uh, racial group. Mm-hmm. You would not use disparaging terms that have been used historically to make your argument or counter argument. I mean, right. so I mean, I mean, there are there are some who do, but they're not well, very persuasive, I right? Mean, they're on the fringe ends, and they shouldn't be using the, right. Those they're terms, they're right? relegated to the dark corners of the right. internet community. Right, where or, they ought to be. Or their mother's basement. So, <laughs> so. I think there is a sex a segment on both ends of the spectrum of of words and phrases that are so rhetorically charged and just meant to get a rhetorical advantage that they should be kind of off limits. So on the pro-choice side, there would be things like clump of cells, 
product of conception. Recently, I don't even remember what the phrase, I need to memorize this, but there's this been ridiculous phrase approach which people have been trying to replace with heartbeat. They don't want to use heartbeat. They want to call it, it's like an electrical stimulus of like cardiac oh, muscle or something like that. It's something that's like, look, you're trying too hard. Okay. This is like really obvious what you're doing. So like there's those on that end. This is like, Really? And then on the pro-life side, um, I think like there's real, really rhetorically charged terminology like murdering a helpless baby or torturing a child to death or like things like that. Right. So, OK, so let's all try to go toward the middle a bit. Right. Um, and use fairly neutral terms so that we can focus on what we're actually supposed to be arguing about. And the, what I'm working on right now is trying to figure out at what points – should you actually call them out if they're in that extreme end where they're using really dumb terms? Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to like if they if things like anti-choice. It's such an obnoxious phrase. No one's anti-choice. So like <laughs> if, if you want to call me anti-abortion, okay, or like whatever. But like anti-choice, no one's anti-choice. Just like I don't think I don't call them pro-aborts. But it's a short <laughs> for pro-abortion. Like almost sure. almost no one is pro-abortion, okay? Now there's more pro-murder. now than there used to be. No, see, that's even worse. Yeah. So like because it's not – because murder comes in with the connotation of, of someone who has malice aforethought. Like they they want to kill this person and they do it and they know what they're doing, which mm-hmm. is, doesn't describe women who have abortions. It's killing, well, but it's not Well, hold murder. on. A murder is the shedding of innocent blood. That's the, tef- the typical classical definition of it. Not the legal definition. I mean, the legal definition is an illegal killing of one human to another human, which means abortion. Yeah, but, not. but hold on, that would that that kind of it, that kind of carries a double standard in America because we also have states that are for pro-choice, heavily pro-choice, also mm-hmm. have the standard of, of of double murder if a woman who is pregnant is killed. Yeah. So I, I'm talking about the the Webster's de- definition, which most of us, I mean, because. You know, out of 330 million people in America, most of us don't have a law degree. Now, I have a Wikipedia law degree, but that's a little different. So this is something I've, I've had to talk to lawyers about because I also don't have a law degree. And so I'm talking to lawyers and trying to like figure out like how to use the, the terms and what's going on in the like the Lacey Peterson law, which you described mm-hmm. where there's like you can do a double murder charge on someone like Scott Peterson who killed both Lacey and Connor, her, her unborn son, mm-hmm. is that it is not actually legal in America to kill an unborn child against the mother's wishes. That's not legal. It's not like they have no status. If the mother wants an abortion, she's allowed to have an abortion under this right to privacy idea. And so it's it's not like what he's doing. Not, like morally, it's the same kid. Right. Like you and I are on the same page. Right. But it's not like as soon as Roe v. Wade happens, that means that any husband or boyfriend can go stabbing women in the stomach and killing their baby. Like this, that, that, that doesn't come like – in with with no, no, with Ruby I, Wade, I, right? I get I get that. Um, do, I, Marty, do you have the definition of murder? Actually, I do. I just uh, looked it up. Okay, uh, let me go back to it because I closed out of that screen. Uh, legal definition of murder at common law: murder was defined as killing another human being with malice aforethought. Malice aforethought is a legal term of art that encompasses the following types of murder: intent to kill, grievous bodily harm, murder, killing someone in an attack intended to cause them bodily harm. Right. 
Also, if you're playing along at home, murder is a hobby that kills time along with its victims in the process. That's from Urban Dictionary. <laughs> you went to the wrong dictionary, JT. You, you, you murdered my ears with that definition. I think where some people will get caught up in malice or maliciousness or malicious intent is that people actually derive and derive enjoyment out of it. I'm not saying... It's not enjoyment exactly. It's just like, like if, if I got really mad at someone... And me mad at them meant I wanted personal, to kill them. Their personal needs superseded the other person's needs. Right. But like it does like if I kill them, it doesn't mean I'm enjoying it. But it does mean that I have this I had this intent to kill out of anger. Mm-hmm. I had it was, you know, it's a first degree thing. Like I planned it and I carried it out. I might have been feeling really sad while doing it. But what I'm saying is that that's what most people think of when they hear murder. As opposed to just killing. And I do not think that most women who have abortions are experiencing a, like this malice of forethought thing. I don't think that's what's going on. For I, don't, I don't think in their mind they have rationalized that they're committing murder. And that's why I don't use the word yeah. murder. And, and I'm not saying I would. If I'm trying to change someone's mind, I'm not going to go like, you murderer. And you need to wear the scarlet, scarlet letter M. I mean, I would never do right. that. But um, so not. you're taking us to a deeper level. This is good. So 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 let, let, let me let me let me let me do one of our practical dialogue tips. Ooh, I'm going to rephrase go. what I hear you saying as like an interesting counter argument and see if I got it right before I counter. Sure. I hear you saying, OK, Josh, I'm with you. If I'm talking to a first choice person, of course, I'm not going to use the word murder. That would be super unpersuasive. But like while us pro-lifers are talking, mm-hmm. can't we use like the words that like it, it ought to be, it ought to be considered murder. So we ought to use words mm-hmm. like this. Would that be like a fair reflection of what's going on inside of you? Or did I miss anything? Hmm. Well, I, this I, is okay. I, this I'm is okay. This, this is what often. we call a thinking pause. And it's so <laughs> easy to interrupt it because we get uncomfortable. This is one of the most important moments in, in a dialogue. Just be quiet. That's right. Just well, I mean, I, I think. I bet. It, it, I mean, just because we know each other, I, I enjoy precise language. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that comes from a philosophy book I read with being very intentional with your language. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that we should use correct terminology. I don't think um, that, I, no, I, I mean, if I'm trying, it, it depends on the individual. Now, if I'm talking to someone who I know that, uh, you know, using key terms that may not move the argument or move the talk along, then obviously curtail your language a bit. Right. But for the, for the intent of this conversation, I believe, you know, th- words like murder, you know, is, is, is a great word to just discuss that because um, if I was to take this solo cup and carve the hole out of it and, and wind it up into a, a rod and thrust it into Biggin's temple, that would be murder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would not yeah. want to soft coat that yeah. to something else. It would literally be me having the intent to rob him of his, of his life. So I, I, I agree with that. I just think it's like not very analogous to abortion. Murder. Like what you just describe about doing what no, no, no. I'm just saying that I, I, I believe in terminology that, for example, I believe if I don't believe, for example, I've heard the argument, the, the extreme argument of, of pro-choice that, uh, Babies are parasites. Right. Okay. Which is, I think that falls in that spectrum of where, like, that is so dehumanizing. Yeah, exactly. Not if it's like flag on the field. <laughs> right. But also, let's I, talk about that. But also, I would not, you, you know, for example, I would, I'm, I would not stand in front of a, a, parent, a Planned Parenthood clinic and be like, oh, you're murdering your kid. Sure. I, I would, totally, I, I I totally get, that. get that. I totally but, get that. But, I believe, I but 
me, philosophically and politically, I believe that you're snuffing out the individual property right of someone that is unborn. I believe in individual property rights. I believe Mm -hmm. that once that clump of cells is formed, I believe they have an individual property right. Human organism. Exactly. I believe in the non-aggression principle. Sure. And I believe that, that, that the mother organization, organ, organ, Organism, I can't yeah. talk. Organism is actually then violating the prop, individual property rights of the one that's inside in utero. Yeah. So, like, here's like here's the common ground is is like I, I think abortion ought to be considered murder in the sense of I think it should be against the law. It'd be easier to 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 call abortion murder if it was actually against the law because in American law we say like whether it is an illegal killing is actually a necessary condition of, of it being defined as murder. I think what like what I've heard a lot of people say, and I think there's there's something fair to this, is like, but from God's eyes, it's murder. I think there's something to that. I just don't know whether that's useful in my conversations with mm-hmm. pro choice people. And so I'm just You're calling it killing. You mind with that, right? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, we're we're now in a shift in this country where you know, twenty years ago, you'd probably have seventy eight to eighty five percent of Americans would say, say like they were some of some Judeo Christian persuasion. Yeah, I think the most recent statistics were below fifty five percent identified as some type of Judeo-Christian belief in this country. So right. we're now trending um, more secular, secular, yep. and I, I I think that. The God argument does not hold water. Yeah. So we have to almost change mm-hmm. tactics to a philosophical sure. totally argument. Totally agree I mean, with that. Just like um, me, I take a radical approach. I believe all life has a purpose. How now, dare you? I know, right? <laughs> and I, I mean, as as tough as it is to say, as as a person who was a victim of child abuse or mm-hmm. sexual child abuse by non family member, even people like that have a purpose. Now I'm not saying they deserve, deserve to breathe air outside of a, a four walls of a, sure. of a prison. Sure. But it is not my right to take their life. It is not my right. It is not the right of a state yeah. to, to be authorized to murder. I, I don't agree with that. And, and my, my views have been very fluid over the mm-hmm. past few years on that because that's a very touchy subject for yeah. me because it's so personal, yeah. but I don't, you know, the, when the forefathers, you know, we always talk about the forefathers. When the forefathers set up this government, I think really they wanted a government so small, but they wanted the government to do one thing, and that was protect right. the individual, to offer some type of security. And I believe that that's what the government's role is in, in this yeah. whole abortion debate, is to yeah. at least protect the life of the individual, but also the unborn also. Well, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear that that happened to you. I, I, oh no, that, that's that's news it, to me. It's, but it's life. I think it's I think it's awesome that you're that you're at the point where you can talk about that a, a little bit openly because I think it's going to help other sexual assault survivors to to feel like they can they can step up and, and talk sure. about it too. So I, I think it's awesome that you're that, that that you're able to do that. But I'm I'm sad to that, to hear that that happened. What's interesting is that, um, like I I am in this place of like we're. we're arguing about a pretty nitpicky term here. We have like almost all common ground, right? But I I have been feeling more of a pull toward like – more, more toward your side of the room, Be- and 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 the and the thing that's as, causing as in what define that. What I mean, um, being a little bit more. Um, no, being a little bit less neutral mm-hmm. with 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 terms and and arguments, and and what I mean by that, like so, like a lot of I think I think like my. Um, like something like my brand or, or image in the pro-life movement is something like 
this really nice pro-life guy, <laughs> something yeah. like that, right? right? And I'm and, and not really into debate, very much into dialogue, like to the some to, to, to the point that that's why some pro-lifers don't like me. They're like, I think for them, it's like, shh, man, this guy just wants to like hang out under a tree with pro-choice people and smoke pot with them all day, like like, like that <laughs> kind that, of a thing. And right? I, I actually like that, right? And you would totally do that. So what, I, what I'm saying is like, I've got that like I, I think sometimes that perception, but I feel a pull toward being in this moment of time a little bit more mm. debatey and less neutral with my words mm. because like the just the memes and the arguments on pro-choice social media right now are so insane they're so dishonest like there's all these memes about how like georgia and alabama like all these different states want to literally execute women for abortions that's definitively not true. Mm. Like seven out of eight of these states explicitly said in the bills, they would only ever want to go after the doctor who's doing the abortions. Never the woman. Uh-huh. The only exception, there was one state that didn't make this explicit in the bill, which was Georgia. Georgia did not explicitly say it. They should have. There's other case law. Even Snopes says that they wouldn't execute women for abortions. But like, but they made it less obvious. All the other states, Alabama, all these other states, made it super, super clear. But you've still got all these memes. are like, they want to, it's handmaid's tale. We're going to be, you know, hanging mm. women for abortions. It's like, that's not true. And there's so much disinformation right now. It, it's making me, like, feel like, Maybe like this is a moment where you just kind of need to throw down and at least like debunk the myths. Yeah. Have you ever thought about setting a table up like Steven Crowder does? I have. I, th- fact, I think it would be very effective. It's so frustrating because we've thought about that for years before Crowder did that. <laughs> and and the reason we haven't – I actually did this once. I Well, sort of something kind of like it once where – um, I had a long dialogue with a person on campus while it was being filmed. There was like there was a camera guy there videoing the whole thing. And but for the most part, we don't do that, even though like we have little like GoPros and stuff for safety because we've had a couple of kind of intense sure. things happen on campus. Like but we don't like film during the during the dialogues. We don't even want to show people that we've got cameras. And the reason for that is because typically as soon as you're recording something, it changes the thing. It's like mm-hmm. that scientific law. As soon as you observe it, you're changing it kind of thing. Like the dialogue we're having right now is pretty real. This mm-hmm. is this is like you and I have been in your kitchen before and mm-hmm. I feel like we would kind of have this conversation but sure. but even still, you and I both know this is being recorded and who knows how many people are going to hear it and that is affecting us a little bit, right? right. And so even more so if it's me debating someone, like sure. suddenly everyone's super on guard, wanting to be really precise, wanting to not lose any ground. And it's just harder to have a, a good conversation that way. So my thing has always been, look, let's just have real dialogues. We can tell the stories later. Let's take really good notes. Let's try to figure out what was going on that we did well, that we did not well, yeah. and figure that out. And then Steven Crowder starts doing this change your mind thing <laughs> and doing it, I'm sorry, not that well. Like he's a nice guy. He's a good comedian. But it's not how I train people to dialogue. And so it's like a little bit frustrating just because like, hey, now hundreds of thousands of people are seeing not a great example of how to do this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like – and it's the same thing has happened with 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 uh, Ben Shapiro. Like I like Ben Shapiro. I've listened to his podcast quite a bit. I, I, I have a lot of similar views to him. But then there will be these videos that go viral to be like, Ben Shapiro destroys in all caps. Oh, yeah. This pro-choice person or probably this pro-abort or whatever, whoever is titling their YouTube videos <laughs> does. The funny thing is he doesn't – he he's not responsible for those. Any of the destroys videos, he's, his group doesn't make those. No, Daily Wire does put out some of those oh, videos. Okay. It's one of his okay. staff people. That, that 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 thing that he said on that recent BBC thing, it's I think, 
I don't think okay. I don't think that holds water. It not technically Ben Shapiro doing it, but when right. I was, he's paying someone who's doing that, so it is kind of on him. But there, are, I have a lot of common ground with him. But then there'll be like a bad example of how to dialogue with people, um, and so something I'm thinking about doing. I haven't made a final decision about whether or not I'm going to do it, but I feel a lot of pull to do it. Is you ever watch those like response videos online mm-hmm. where you've got like a lawyer or you know a doctor or someone watching clips of a TV show or a movie? It's kind of like reacting to it. And I did that with Reverse and Road. That's what that series was, was kind of me reacting to clips of the show. I'm thinking about basically doing that with recorded dialogues like with Steven Crowder's and which changed my mind and basically watch the thing totally unscripted. There's a camera on me. I'm watching this thing. And then just sometimes pause and say, OK, here's what I really like about what Steven Crowder just did. See how he just found this common ground? Note that. That was really good. But then also point, OK, I, this is not an argument I'd be making. I'd be making a different argument because mm-hmm. she, she actually said this other thing. He's hearing her say X. She actually said Y. You can roll the tape. And kind of just yeah. using that as like a really good example where the, like, we can kind of you know put this thing up and say, all right, let's analyze this. I don't know if I ought to do it because I don't know if it's like a good idea to be on Stephen Crowder's bad side or whatever. <laughs> but it's it, it's something that I know a lot of people have asked me to do, and I probably am going to end up doing it. We're going to do the same thing, except we're going to do that when you're watching The Lion King. <laughs> do we still want to do that? I, I, I will so live tweet that. Yeah, Hold that's on. what we do. There, there's a whole list. I mean, How we, do you feel about the new the action? The, 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 I've never the, the, seen the original seen, Lion King. Yeah. The original? Yeah. I've never the seen cartoon. it. The cartoon. He hasn't seen it yet. Hold on. Wow. I've never seen original Aladdin. Oh, that's my favorite. never seen original Lion King. I've seen three quarters of Milan. Mm. Um, I haven't seen it. Beauty and the Beast. Never have seen even a minute of that. Really? And you have a daughter. What's wrong with you? Little Mermaid? <sighs> you seen Little Mermaid? No. I've never seen You have I've a daughter and you scene. haven't seen Little Mermaid. Look, I, I grew up in the staunch Pentecostal Pentecostal household and these movies were of the devil. Were they there were anti Disney movies when you were yes. growing up? Oh yes. Really? Oh yeah. What did they watch? Did they watch anything? We watched Mr. It's a Roger, wonderful Mr. Life? Mr. Roger. We Andy watched PBS. A lot of PBS. Oh, I did watch a lot of Andy Griffith. Yeah. Uh, I I couldn't watch Disney movies, but I could watch Days of Our Lives. Really? Yeah. How about that? That's twisted. (laughs) Grandma ain't gonna miss her stories. No. I think you should watch Lion King. It's art. This is a great. We're gonna do that. We're gonna do it, but we're gonna live tweet it. That's awesome. My response because I'm a crier. Oh, oh, yeah. I was straight up yeah, cry on scope Twitter. The end. Yeah. That's a great movie. Man, you got so much like just film education to do with this guy. Sure. That'll be fun. I'm going to yeah. laugh a minute. Yeah. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Yeah, man. thanks for having me. This was fun. We should do this more often. often. Yeah. Imagine that. We might even be in the same studio pretty soon. Yeah, I think kind of maybe we're going to be working in the same studio, which yeah. is going to be pretty cool. I'm excited about it. I am too. Um all right. Well, again, thanks for coming on. And where can people find all your information? Just, if you Google Equal Rights Institute, if you look it up on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or just our website, we've got an awesome blog. We've got we've got an online course already on apologetics and dialogue tips that people, if you want a really systematic, quick, like what are the best arguments we know, we've put all that in an online course. Oh, nice. We're wrapping up the second online course on sidewalk counseling. But yeah, just if you go to EqualRightsInstitute.com, you can click on, there's like right there at the top, there's like a, you know, stay informed button. You can get on our email list we nice. send an email about once a week or so with okay. just our latest article or podcast or youtube videos like something to try to help you or maybe like a local event announcement or something like that so nice. just follow us we are really helpful um and thanks for having me and brandon thanks for yeah. having some back and forth with me this no, was no, really I, fun I, I love it i 
I, yeah, maybe next time we can do a little longer. Let's do it. And uh, people can also donate to. Um, they can. It's a nonprofit, and we would it? love, love, love some donations to help pay for the studio that we're making right now. <laughs> sure, <I just laughs> that would I'm be sure, really yeah, helpful. Studio travels. Studio travels. It's, it's an expensive thing that we especially just we our our staff has expanded. We've got we've got five staff now. Oh wow! Um, and so awesome. it just that means that we need office space and just like there's just cost that come with that, yeah. but they're awesome. It's some of the smartest pro-lifers in the country, and I've gathered them all into one team so they can just be awesome together. It's like the pro-life Avengers. It is. That That's together. exactly what it is. <laughs> We're totally pro-life Avengers. I was going to go Super Friends. Oh, <laughs> I did like the Super Friends. I so Another nice. show he wasn't allowed to watch growing up. That's I, a show I, that I, I've not seen. And watch that. I haven't seen Super you Friends. You haven't seen Super Friends? I know, right? But you haven't seen Lion King, so I don't think you can yeah. say anything. Yeah, but <laughs> Super Friends was awesome. <laughs> what is Saturday Super morning. It's so like Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman sucks, though. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Did you see the new movie, The Aquaman? Did you like that? I've not seen the new My Aquaman. My wife loved it. Of course you haven't. Of course you did. <laughs> Jason really? Momoa flexing his muscles. My yeah. wife loved Jason Momoa. That, even as a dude, I can say that is a good-looking man. That right. <laughs> if he's in it, I can watch it. That's pretty much right. <laughs> nice. Well, Josh, again, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much. Yep. Once again, uh, we appreciate you guys listening as to the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. You can go to our, our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. Our Facebook page is Southern Fry Philosophy. Our favorite way that you uh, can hook up with us at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, maybe we might even have a Tinder profile. Oh, I, I Lord. That's all we need. <laughs> Biscuits and gravy, baby. Anyway, go subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a review. Um, share those favorite episodes uh, with your friends and family. We we really appreciate that. We really yeah. appreciate all the new listeners we've been getting, uh, especially over in Scotland. We've been yeah. communicating with a guy, John John Harris, I believe. How about it, John? Anyway, we're gonna. We're, I'm playing right now. I am planning the uh, the Scotch uh, whiskey tour for 2021. There we go. We're gonna do it, baby. We're doing it. We are. I think so. Anyway, once again, um, shout out to my uh, donor's mother, Lisa, mm. uh, down in. Georgia, we appreciate you. Donate Life, yeah. hashtag Donate Life. Uh, you can find out in, anyway how to sign up on your uh, local organ reg, uh, registration. I am here today because of a grateful donation for uh, a heart that I received mm-hmm. in 2016. So um, as, a, as a tribute to my donor, uh, Jamie, and also my uh, donor's mother, Lisa, um, please, if you haven't done it yet, make sure you sign up for your uh, your organ donation through your license or state or any way your lo- local chapter also. Um, anyway, I think that's about it. Yeah. And uh, as always, keep looking up. 